Welcome, everyone, to another program with your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, a licensed clinical social worker. Looking forward to taking your questions or comments about the mental health field. Anything that you've got, we will be dealing with it. Of course, got to be family appropriate and not about parenting issues for children under the age of 10 or 8 to 10. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And for those of you that would like to text in a question, of course, we will be taking voice questions. Uh, prior, priority will have that over the text. But the number is 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. That's the number to the JRoots questions and answers, or through the Lakewood Scoop on their website, lakewoodscoop.com. We take questions from them as well. We are going to go to Yehuda on line one. Yehuda, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello, Yehuda. Hello, hello. doesn't not sure. We'll see while we try to get Yehuda back. I'd like to read, take over a couple of questions that we've got some comments from my phone line, which is 718-298-2011. Ah, we couldn't hear him. It was on Yehuda's part. So feel free to call back. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. That is 718-683-5858. Yehuda, is that you, sir? We seem to get you and then lose you. Talk, my friend. All right. We'll get it figured out, Merit Hashem. If those of you that remember, we've had two weeks ago, Moishi call up that he had a physical disability. So we've got a message calling in or a text that came in. It says, regarding Moishi, I am a frequent listener all along, I was waiting for the topic of physical disabilities to come up. I have it, and I have a lot to share, because Bar Hashem, the past limits of my limitations, because Bar Hashem, I passed the limits of my limitations, and it's to you, Mr. Weimiger, who taught me a lot through the line. Along with therapy and you Siyata Deshmaya, Moishi, please get help. It pays. I'm currently preparing a positive report letter for you, Mr. Weimiger. But I had first send this text for Maishi. I've been there. I know it all. Yes, you can make a difference. For disability, the only one that's disabled is yourself. Beautiful message. And I highly appreciate that because there are so many people, unfortunately, that do have physical disabilities. It does exist. And there are limitations. But you don't have to be disabled through that. There are successes. And the amount of people that were successful... Through whatever disability, it can be physical disability, it can be a mental disability, it can be an emotional disability, it can be a family disability, it can be whatever is holding us back. It's a disability. It stops you from being able to do things if it holds you back. If your thought is, how can I be successful? How will I get over it? How can I find the positive successes in my life? Then with Siyata Deshmaya, we are able to break through. The number to call with your question or comment is 718-683-5858, I would like to take now this time, and I've got so many messages that people send me on a daily level that is just takes a while to get back to, or even on the daily questions and answers to take. So I'd like to read some of them and 
deal with them. This is a long one. We'll do this one a little bit later down the line, but let's take the first one at least. Um, I'm in the seminary dorm. The girls are very nice and I made some friends. I find myself running away from the dorm a lot and going to my relatives. It's not because I miss my family. I just feel so relaxed when I'm not in the dorm. I was wondering, what do you think about it? Is it better for me to stay in the dorm and to try to work it out and build a stronger relationship with my friends? Or is it okay with what I'm doing by sticking around the relatives until curfew when I have to get back to the dorm? Most of the time, I'm in a down mood. Maybe I'm just antisocial. So I'd like you to recognize the way that the brain works and sort of with what you are saying. And it's as follows. Number one, part of a healthy self-esteem means we are comfortable in our family environment. We are comfortable in our social environment. Means we are comfortable within, comfortable without. Step one. If someone has a healthy family system, they are healthy with family. If someone has a healthy friendship system with a self-esteem, they're able to interact with others. And that balance is healthy for both people to have in both areas. Now, what happens if someone has a very healthy family, but they do not have the skills how to deal with the outside world? So they might not know how to have conflict. They might not know how to, de- how to share their emotions with someone. They might not be able to trust They might have too close of a relationship with their family that they don't have room for others. Each of these issues will hold a person back from having a social life. So while the outside world says, of course they have friends, but do you have best friends? Can you rely on friends almost as much as family? And then you've got people that have the other way, which I've seen and dealt with. And that is where they come from a family where there's a lot of dysfunction. So what they've done is they have created friends as their family, and they do not know how to connect to family. So they will have best friends. They will do every vacation, every trip that they have with their friends, and with family they'll be avoiding. But yet the family might be healthy. The family might have changed. There might be now brother-in-laws, sister-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, whatever it should be. Now learn and practice connecting to the family. But if they're not able to because they're missing that skill, then they're only in one place. What I hear from you is that you're many times in the down mood, can be depression, can be the of issues, and you run to safety in your family environment, which is healthy as a tool, but it's not the only tool. Now you got to learn the tools, how to deal with it and how to live with it. That is important. So my suggestion to you is I am impressed you're able to bring out your question, and the suggestion is yes, start recognizing you need to be in school. You need to be with your friends. That is part of it. If you're down, start learning how to deal with the downers. If you don't feel as comfortable or as safe with your friends and family, go ahead and figure out how to deal with that because that is very important. Okay, we figured it out. Yehuda, you're back and we figured out the technical glitch. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem, fantastic. And I had a question like this. I was listening to your program last week, and you were saying very clearly about how anxiety and Munibitachin have no connection to one to another. Oh, hold on. Let's say that again. I don't like that. That sounds way too extreme. Chas v'shalom. There is um, a place for Munibitachin. Let's clarify. We start with Munibitachin. It might be an Munibitachin, Shiloh. You start with the Rav. 
then right. once the Rav has given you the share, you've learned the Svarim, and Amunah Batachan isn't working, now it's the next step where we need to do Hishtadlis. What I clarified on last week was that there is a logical derechateva way of thinking that is negative, that if you continue down that path, you will have issues. And that is not Amunah Batachan, and that's why you first need a Rav to rule it out. I do not rule that out. I have a Rav do that first. Once the Rav says this is not a Munan Batachan Shaila, this is now a emotional disorder, a logical way of thinking, certain thoughts that you are missing, like a broken leg, if you are missing the information of going to a doctor and getting better, that's what the therapist will do. Is that clear? Um, yeah, it's very clear. I'm saying, I'm just trying to clarify, just like to say that like it's not so much the sack that's like a regular broken leg, because the more you grow in therapy, it's also... It's a Jewish thing to be growing in therapy also. It's not like uh, a regular medical situation. So those words in its own is already controversial. So some people say, why is it Jewish to grow for therapy? Well, because it's growth, growing in Ah, in, so in now, now, now let's, let's take the devil's advocate. I'd love to play the other way. Instead of always me having to answer that, let me do what I'll do. Well, what do you mean? You're supposed to grow through svarim. Well, not always. You can do it by yourself. You need someone to help you. Excellent. So here's where I like to clarify to my clients saying, if I you think need to... Rabbi Tversky has a whole book on it. Oh. I'm Jewish, uh, self-improvement or something like that. But I would like to, I'd like to just take it a moment. You see, Rabbi Dr. Tversky can do that because he's rabbi and a doctor. I am a simple right. therapist, which means if someone needs to grow in Arachnias, I send them to a Rav where that's their job. If someone needs to grow from a disorder or heal a disorder, that is my job. I will not recommend them which svarim to learn. I will then recommend them to a rav that understands psychology and understands svarim, which will then give them a more guided, detailed mahalach. But I need to understand and know my role. And that is, if a person needs to grow, you can say that, Yehuda, as talking to friends, you need to understand you need to grow in two places. My place is a therapist, and I need to be very clear what my guidelines are, because if I overstep one of them, I can do more damage than benefit. And again, this is my opinion. I know in, this is one of those questions that always go over. If someone's a Rav and a therapist, can they do both roles? We're not going to go into it. It gets very complicated. There are certain clients where I started off a certain gentle role, and then when they need now a more assertive therapist, it's either very difficult sometimes for me to switch or for them to accept the switch or for me even to do that. And then I sometimes refer them to a more assertive therapist. So we need to be careful when we change roles, what happens. Right. No, but just what was bothering me is also that, like, you were saying that, like, um, just like so, if you would ask someone who has anxiety for jump into a fire, he 1,000% would jump into a fire for Kedesh Hashem without even thinking twice. They would. Right, 100%. I'm not arguing with that, but isn't, like, a Muna B'Takhan, living with a Muna B'Takhan is a whole different story than knowing it. Well, Amuna is knowing, but Tachan is more acting. But again, let's understand, even knowing it and acting, what does it have to do with anxiety? Because the more you feel that Hashem, what He loves you, Hashem cares about you. That is, again, that is what we clarified last week. I don't want to focus much more on that. I will just clarify that it is not so. And for the next step, for those, anything further, now run it over by your Rav. I will show you very hush of a people that suffer from anxiety that has nothing to do with them. They have complete belief, belief and faith. If there's a perfectionist way of thinking the way they were raised, they will have anxiety. If that, there is a, that I agree to, right? Saying that, right so why don't you understand that? Why can someone come from a family of highly perfectionism, even though they trust know everything that the Rabbi Shalom does, that is correct, they get, they get frustrated, they try to reach the best. 
they get knocked down. They go through pains and pains one after another. Well, they have a moon and betachen, but there are a lot of other programs along those lines. Right, 100%. That, that's, that's for sure. I'm just like, that muscle that you gave is just like bothering me a little bit. Okay, so to me, it's a very clear muscle. Someone, people with, with, people with anxiety at, in a second, without a second thinking, will be makrev al-Kiddush Hashem within a second. Anxiety is your, on a medical, on a clinical level, it is certain, ten certain thought patterns that you are thinking that is not correct. And once you can educate the people with that, you see how comfortable they are. Emuna and Betachen and anxiety at different levels. Sometimes they can be the same. That's why you need a Rav first to talk about the Emuna and Betachen. If it's a Emuna and Betachen issue, it clears itself out just with that. If it's not, if it's a disorder, just like a broken leg, you need to have the medical skills, the clinical skills, how to deal with that. Telling someone that has a clinical disorder, Emuna and Betachen is harming the person. It's like telling someone with a broken leg, just walk, have Emuna and Betachen and you'll walk. No, because it's in the mind, it seems so similar and people make that mistake. And that is what I'm saying. It's not right. I hear. I'm just. I, I was saying. My, me myself. I went through anxiety, and like once I was cleared up the anxiety, I was able to. That is not now. That everything. is true. When you have a clinical disorder, if you have a broken arm, it's going to be hard for you to have kavana in your davening. It's going to be hard for you to be positive. That is accurate. When you clear up your anxiety, your amun and betachen, and your everything will change. That is accurate. The brain is connected. What I am saying is the two are different methods and what need to be acknowledged that's all let's not make two separate topics one they're not they're not a rav without experience or training does not have the skills how to deal with anxiety i'm being very clear about that they don't they might take some courses they might learn it they might get educated but the actual tools and skills how to deal with anxiety is information based it is sure and that needs to be done try to rob them it didn't really work well, right, not because the Rav didn't work. It wasn't Emun and Betachen Shiloh. It wasn't. It wasn't that if issue, it's right? Emun and the Rav works, yes. We use Rav on him. Before, in, fa- in fact, before I say it's anxiety, if it's a Rachni's issue, I first send to the Rav. Just like if there's a medical condition that I see, I say, first go to the doctor, then you come back to the therapy. We have a place. Therapy is after we ascertain that it's not a Shiloh and Emun and but those that have no idea, try saying a moon and betachon to a broken leg. You are harming the person. All right, we are going to go to... Can I ask one more question? Or? Uh, you know, how about callback? Let's just take a couple of callers over here, all right? Fine, okay. Great, Yehuda. Thank you. Chaya, you're on the air with Mordechai. Is it me? Yes, it's you. Hi, Mordechai. This is... Uh, yeah, hi. You know me. Um... I don't even know that I know you, so now that you're telling me, I'm trying to think if I know you, but okay. Uh, you do, um, maybe a, a long time ago, but you don't know me very well. Okay. Um, my question, I'm really not sure how to phrase it. Uh, I, I, I'll need your help. My 11-year-old son, um, we know we all have um, issues with him at home. Some symptoms show that he has no self um, so Some symptoms would be if it, the child doesn't have self-confidence, but he doesn't look like he doesn't have self-confidence. He doesn't act that way, and he, he looks like a comfortable person. And uh, this week, I'll, I'll, I'll do my Hagduma first, and then you'll understand the, the rest. I, I spoke to the Rebbe. The Rebbe called me. The Rebbe phrased him as a, mysterious, a mystery child. He can't figure him out. And it's already end of his month. To, by this time, he should have known. And it's not that I know this child either. He is 
At one point, um, he's, um, he's very, very fachulant. But yeah. where he wants, he's there. Yeah. He is a professional liar. Okay. Professional is, is, is an understatement. And by, 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 by now, I don't even know sometimes if he says the truth or not, because it, it's, he covers it up so well, even if, even if I know that he's a liar, I don't want to make always the, 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 my mind going that he's lying. I'm, I'm always confused. And it gets, uh, he, he, he gets through everything with, it, with, with covering it up. Yes. And then um, one, one major thing that gets us very annoyed is an 11-year-old boy, and Lamusha was davening. He opens up a sitter. Within five minutes, he's done. Not because he said it. Yes. He, he, he's very, very lazy. He's very, very, um, he, like he would dress in the morning, and it's late, and he knows it's late. And I'm, I'm trying to um, um, do the system at home that they should get, it, it should, they should take their highs on their own. I should not be there because their age is already for that. He knows it's late. In 10 minutes, his, his boss is going to be. He's still not dressed, and he's going to sit and read. And then everyone is the blame game. Yes. Never he's going to take that he's, he's at fault. Okay, yes, this is, I feel weight just hearing the question. What is your question? I want to know how can I figure out what uh, is the core um, of the issues and how I can help him. So I will be very open with you. Let's first give you the, the chizuk and the bravery for opening up and for bringing up this question. And why do I say it is because many times these kids fall through the cracks and until they're not married for five or ten years and the wife says, I just can't manage anymore, these kids don't know what's going on. Like, we don't know what's going on in them, and then we have to start dealing with it. The younger the person is, the easier it is to deal with it. But I'll throw it back to you. Hold my on. Bravery, my bravery is in yours, Achis. Okay, thank you. I don't know what that means, but let's, let's just take a step. I, I've only been taught how to look into things through you. Oh, through me. Okay, thank you, which is fantastic. I appreciate that. And we're going to get there in a minute. Let me even take it a step further. I've recently, this is, let, let's take it me, because people don't like when I share about some stuff. But uh, There's some, some, some um, information I forgot to, to, to sure. tell you. He did, he did suffer last year from Lyme disease, which were at a certain point, he was, he, it was okay that he was, he was weak and all of the other stuff, but by now it should be all be gone. And it might be uh, behavioral um, issues that got stuck in him. Is this, how long is this happening? A year or two, three? It's already, his laziness was before, before the, the Lyme disease. No, I'm talking about the lying. There's a lot of things, not knowing what he feels, not knowing what he does. The lying, I'm not sure. It's definitely more than a year. But it's just, getting, it's just getting more professional. Okay, so let's just take it one step further back. And many times what people tell you when I work with them, and it sometimes even takes months to open them up, and that's where we'll get into a minute how a little complicated the question is. But these kids say, I tried every single sign. I know someone that said that they didn't daven, and the teachers were upset at them. And they were upset, saying, why didn't the teacher see that I'm crying for help? Even though when they asked me what's bothering you and I said nothing, why couldn't they recognize something is bothering me? But he's never going to say that he didn't have That's right. So now let's go there. For a kid to lie means they don't feel safe enough to say the truth. It means that there is something hurting them and bothering them because 11-year-old kids don't lie 
unless they feel they also won't get what they need. Their needs aren't met, so the only way to get it is something else. Furthermore, okay. if they want something that's not permitted in the family or in the school system, kids still feel safe to telling the parents, I want it. Unless this kid feels so sure that they won't get it, that they've already given up, that they're resorting to lying. Mm-hmm. That is my concern. What I'm hearing over here is that your son, age 11, has already in his brain decided there's no way I can get what I want. I'll never be understood. So the only way to survive is lie. That's so how why can I when, get it? So how can it change his mind? And the only real way that I know, and I'm sorry for saying this, so please forgive me, and I'm going to say even a little bit more stronger is this mm-hmm. kid needs now a professional therapist okay, for several what, months. That's, that's what my call was about. I was thinking about that. I wanted, I wanted I to assure it with let's you. Let's just make the assumption. I like considering myself a very good therapist. Okay. For when I get a case like this, I tell the parents, you've got to give me six months, once uh-huh. a week, because the kid won't open up. Not the first four sessions, not the first ten sessions, chance, and I can't feel the pressure. Why not? When right. a kid does not have any system that they trust, means they don't trust the parents. Now, I'm not blaming Hashem, I'm just saying this is the reality. They no, don't I'm, feel I'm, safe. I'm, not, I'm not a person, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm hitting myself. I know. Right, don't beat yourself up. Don't. I don't even want you to go there. I just want to give an example. He could have had certain pains. It could be that someone once threatened him that if you tell someone something, Hasram, I'll kill your parents. I, I'm sorry for being so blunt. Yeah, but little I children what you don't mean. understand that and they got to keep it a secret. Or someone says, if you ever tell this, I'll Hasram, shelter your parents, I'll curse your parents, I'll curse this, and they're going to die within a week. Now, you and I are adults and we know it's not true. But kids, when they've got their fear, or that what happens, their brain believes it, and now they must protect their parents by lying. So if we tell them, please open up, they're not going to want to. As a therapist, what I hear that's needed is, it is if this kid, for whatever reason, this, this, this person, whatever happened, incident, shut down, and it doesn't have to be where everyone's right away jumping to the worst things. There are simple stuff that I deal with. I've once had where a kid took away the kid's lunch money, like bullied. Say, give me your money, and if you dare tell anyone, I'll beat up your brother and sister or whatever it is. And the kid is afraid since then to be confident or to tell anyone. And a no. little thing like that for kids he that are sensitive. Kid, he is a kid that is, that's always bullied around and hide because he doesn't have any social um, any communication skills either. That's right. So that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there could be so much pain in him that he doesn't have the way of letting it out. So what my recommendation would be is if you can realize you'll be sending him to a therapist for a couple of months. However, I would like to add on, since he cannot speak or verbalize his emotions, because let's make the assumption that you are a healthy mother, the way you're speaking, and healthy parents. Let's make the assumption you are smart and intelligent. I'd like to go with that. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're not doing a good job. What is needed is, I've especially put in my office about three months ago, like play therapy, a wool, and I use that for adults that are not able to express their feelings. And well, I'm a very big believer. So many people say play therapy toys are up to the age of four, six, no, I've seven. Done it. Okay. I do it with 40-year-olds. I do it well, with 50-year-olds. Your son, I would recommend and find out who is a good play therapist. And this way they'll talk through toys. So the therapist might say, okay, let's just make your play class. Play therapist is good enough. He doesn't ever need a good inner... inner um growth therapist so if you know a little about me i'm a huge believer in inner growth therapy however my problem with inner growth therapy is and that's why i've turned a lot away from inner growth therapy and i'm referring to systems that i have a vast knowledge in the subconscious systems my issue with a lot of those systems are they're not bringing it conscious means they'll douse they will use kinesiology and the person's not conscious 
And I right. find extremely important. That's why I find these people coming back to me over and over and over and over because no, they are. I've done. I've I've done inner therapy for myself and for 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 another family member. I know all about it. That's right. And what my issue is with a lot of the inner therapy. So most of what I do was taken from the yesoidus of a lot of the inner therapies. I'm a big believer in the subconscious, but I'm a big believer that the subconscious needs to become conscious. Right. And I am as long concerned as it's that not if your son, it's still stuck there. That's right. So my issue is if your son doesn't communicate and you'll continue going to a real subconscious therapist, and I don't want to use subconscious, let's use the old, old alternative therapies of kinesiology. He's, he's done that. He's, he's, he's been through that. That's right. That won't help him. What he needs now is a it's slope. Just pushing it pushing it a little bit, that's another right. little step. What he needs now is, I feel, the six months of once a week or twice a week, the play therapy where you learn to express yourself first through outside objects. So they might take, this is the classroom, make the class. Show me who's who. And all of a sudden, they'll be like the little figures. And all of a sudden, there's one big one. Oh, who's that? And he'll like smile. And then like the therapist will go, is this the bully? Is this the your best friend? Is this someone from another grade? And even if he doesn't communicate, he said so much. And with the next he session... Does, the thing is, he does communicate. He would tell me that a child bothered him. But I know, he, but we're missing something. He doesn't have communication if, skills with being, if he between is lying, No, if he is lying, that means uh -huh. he's not telling everything. Uh -huh, right. And in play therapy, if you know what you're doing, you can get a lot. But you need to give it time with the age 11, with you the secrets. You feel play therapy would be enough? I... We're using already enough. I first want to get it no, going. No, I didn't Will it be a good source to open it up? That is the start. Uh -huh. That is the start, Mr. Shem. Give it three months and then follow up. Give it eight sessions and then see how he's changing. In eight uh -huh. sessions with an 11-year-old boy, we should start seeing changes. I if shouldn't we, expect before eight sessions. No, because he's so closed. And I'm thinking right. if I would be the therapist, I would say this case, I need to give at least eight, eight sessions, and that will be pushing it, but at least I'll know what's happening. The therapist will say yes or no. I've had mm -hmm. a client where I've worked on a kid about four or five sessions of play therapy. It was changing, but he wasn't getting it. And I told the father, you know something, you need more long-term therapy. I'm not here to do long-term therapy. It was yeah. hard to financially paying for that and all that stuff. I go, go to someone that does... Find which agency they've got it. Play therapy. Know you're going for about six months. Baruch Hashem, it's working, but this kid isn't talking. It was like an adult kid, which not four, five, or six, and we had to right. use, and I used the play tools. Mm -hmm. So that would be my recommendation. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that I should know at home? Not, Don't yet. No, not you're excluding doing, the therapy. No, no. no. Nothing. I feel the real issue is being blocked, and if you don't deal with a real issue, everything you're going to do is just putting band-aids on the issue. Right, getting to that Yeah, because as you're saying, you do talk to him, he tells you the problems about, the, about yeshiva, so it's not there. That's not the cause. If, the cause. if that was the cause, it should be getting better by communicating. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the question, and Thank a so lot much. of siyata deshmai, and continue doing the great work that you are doing till now. Thank you, Thank and you. also for Thank recognizing you. at such a young age is so important. Right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We are going to Malki. Malki, on line six, you're on with Mordechai. Hello. Yes. Okay. Um, I have a question, a Shkuzah question on all the Shkuzah questions. Say that again. Um, I didn't get you clearly. It just, I wasn't okay. hearing you. Okay. I have a Shkuzah question on all the Shkuzah questions lately that people, it gets like very um, tangled. But I feel with all this Betuchen and you keep on saying... Um, for people so let's like take one second back. Hold on, let me just take a step back. First, thank you for the bravery for calling in. I need to give a little disclaimer. Since you've started the question, you have a hashkafa question, it's likely my response might be this needs to be sent to a Rav. 
Okay. I just need to get that. I mean. We've started with that, and I need to give, like, when clients come in, I need to first give my waiver. So That's exactly what I'm saying, that I have a question on this, what you, what you keep on saying for people. Yes. Um, where um, you, you, you keep on telling for people, like, going to the Rav, but um, I saw people call in. It's something that what I hear from a lot of people, first, your name is going very, very far, and... Like your name is um, like every just waiting for the bus or whatever, and a lot of people are really enjoying your line. Thank you. Your phone line. Thank you. And um, and what I um, see is, and I am getting confused, and a lot of people have this question. I don't know how it is maybe in the literature world, but. What does it mean, go to a roof? It's something that maybe there should be something like relief, uh, organization that people should be able to call up and know where to go. It's not something, um, even if people belong to a Kehillah or something like that, um, it's not something people trust um, just to go and ask. And usually answers from um, most of them are like, I can't mix in, I can't answer. Um, I'm not saying anything against Rabbanim because it's, it really should be the way you say it should be. Um, but in reality, the real, reality is that it just, it's not happening. So, so I would like to change the reality if we can be very gentle about this. And let's clarify, Rabbanim actually do get involved. Do you know when yeah. the Rabbanim don't want to get involved? When we pick up a call, as a Rav told me, my, my phone number isn't 1-800-HETER. Because let's assume the Rav says go for therapy and go to this therapist, and then the husband is a major shalomai, so the husband doesn't hold to this rav, or the family doesn't hold to that rav, or then the rav didn't hear the whole story, and then all of a sudden, so just to give an example, I know a place where a rav gave a heter, and then the husband found out, ran down to the rav saying, how could you give this heter, you didn't hear my side. The rabbanim are in a very tough situation where we don't give them the full story. And that's what, if you hear the amount of times on my phone line where I say, I'm sorry, I can't answer that, or that needs an evaluation, or that really needs a therapist, when I know when Rabbanim say, I hear your question, please come down, I need to get the full information, which is the right thing a Rav should do, we don't want to go down. We want the Heter in 30 seconds or less, or the Isser in 30 seconds or less, when your question, not you, when the question is a lot more complicated. So my question is not something like in particular, but it's something like... Um, how major your phone line is and the, the, the psychology and whatever, the same weight is going to something that has to be set for a rod and there is no... Um, you mean like, like now I understand clearly. So what you're saying is like there should be sort of like a relief, like an organization where Rabbanim answer, take the example like there's an, or, there's an organization, Eitza, where they have like like Mechanchem answering questions. What you're saying is people would like to know this, let's say for the Hasidish Kehillah and even for the Litvish Kehillah. The Litvish Kehillah, they have Rab David Kohn, which is extremely powerful. And I mean, he is like from the Gedolim, the one that therapists use. And Rab David Kohn in Flatbush has hours when he answers questions. He tries to get the answer as quick as possible. But he takes an hour every single day question in every question, any halacha, whether it's a Chesh Mishpat question, whether it's in a mental health issue, and he's one of the Rabbanim that I use, because I know he's available so, from 10 to 11 So that's night. what a lot of people feel, and I'm not representing a lot of people just in my community or whatever, that it's like a fantasy and very romantic when you say it. Well, it's going to get there. Hashem, do you know how everything happens? How can you get there? Let's take it. I'm a big believer in someone starting. What can you do? Who is a Rav that you might know that you think might be good in your Kehillah? 
and maybe have you... It's probably a lot, but... We um, just need someone to get it going. And a lot of people are bound to their spouse, and a lot of people um, give self that... um, It's just not happening, because sometimes it's... People try one, and they try another, and they have that experience. Not because the love is not good, but... Um, it's not, I mean, I can't say name, but a lot of people probably, a lot of everyone don't want to go into nothing. They only face um, a hetero like Timothy or Uther or whatever, but they don't want to go into all I these will, things. Let so me people... clarify. Let me clarify something. I'm going to be very blunt, like, because we're being open, like, not about you, but do we understand that we expect a Rav to learn, to be available for people and questions? Like, I don't have a cell phone because today to get a question takes about 18 minutes just for the person to tell me the one-minute yeah. question. So why should a Rav do this? That's not only why should they do it, then they're going to have a family member call them up with complaints and all that, and then we give them a check when it comes to selling the, the Hummets, we give them a $50 check, he gave you 30, 40 hours, he got his name blamed, yes. and we don't have it set up. Now there is, yes. I do believe this is changing because the need for mental health, the need to connect to Rabbanim, and I say this all the time, I am first a Yid, I'm first a from Yid, that comes first, I'm a therapist second. That is second. So what I and feel is that it's not legit like a question that I need something for me, but for the awareness yes. that it just gets more and more time. Like people call it and people get like, yes, the Tokhanat psychology. Something has to be like a disclaimer so because I, to divide it, yes. to divide it like very big, very blunt. That's right. And that is going to happen, right, Hashem? If we can just give this Derech HaTeva, not the Rabbani because the Rabbani could do it in a second, but how changes happen is by people asking. A large part of these phone lines and a large part of why I'm discussing Rabbanim is exactly for people to start talking what you're saying. I find, and it bothers me a tremendous amount, where people turn the therapist into a Rav, and I can't stand it, and I fight against it. You are not a Rav. You had no right to give that or no right to say that. That is my very strong belief. Therapists are not Rabbanim. We are not allowed to do people, that. Um, it sound, uh, people want the therapist should send them to a Rav because they won't go themselves. So people that I do many times. People, my awareness. clients know I do that. My clients know I do that. I try to connect them to the Rav. Many times I send them to two, three Rabbanim. I could tell you the Satmar Rav that I, I'm not going to say publicly because of his name and how the whole politics works. But he tells the family, I am willing to answer your Shilas on one condition. The husband's got to come to my shear at least twice a week. Have a relationship with me. Let me see what's going on. Don't just, hi, I'm here with a question. And then once in six months or all of a sudden, three years later, they show up. You remember you asking that? Well, it blew up. You didn't come back. You didn't follow up. He's saying when you're starting with mental health issues, difficult questions, which might take two to three years of therapy process, I want to know the case as well. I want to see you twice a week and just come up to me after the share. Hi, how are you? So and is there anything but for people to do now? Let's, so yes, it's, the it's now is someone like you. I'm always a believer in the now. The now is you find someone, find a Rav that you like, that you feel close to, that you think might have potential contact the Rav. Say, I want to put together a set of Rabbanim that will be able to be available. We'll try to get funding. All organizations start with one person stepping up to the plate. Go ahead and do that. I'll be willing to help out. Maybe not me directly. Maybe I'll have now my associate because I'm working on some, some very huge projects. Willing it's, to help out what? what whatever is needed. If these Rabbanim need education, I'm willing to help out with education. If the Rabbanim need contact to me as a therapist or to my associate under me, I'm willing to help make it work. Um, okay, I'll take your word. Yes, um, I usually keep my I word can. pretty likely. I, 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 I trust my own word, yes. Okay. Yeah, so it okay. starts by one person. And if not you, maybe someone else listening, saying, I'm in the same frustration. I don't have a rub. 
I would love there to be a set organization for just like there's relief for referrals, just like I have this program out here that people can ask, I'd love to have an organization of five or six Rabbanim. Once an evening, they pick up the phones and they can answer questions, yes or no. I'll okay. give you a question. One of the texts I have over here, let me just find it. I was going to read it specifically because I liked it. And I feel this is where Rav comes in. Listen to this question. Good boss. Okay. This is actually a question from England. Thank you so much for your amazing awareness. This came to my phone line that you bring through your, inspira- your inspiring hotline. I met a homeopathic lady. I'm a girl who is not Jewish. So talking about the th- homeopathic therapist isn't Jewish, but said she does a lot of inner work. She does, she does this, but uses a Kabbalistic approach. Do you think this is okay? Oh, chas, it doesn't belong to you. It not only doesn't it belong to me, the word is chas v'shalom. Kabbalist, going to goyim, I mean, going to a therapist, you want to make sure, forget about using Kabbalah and things like that, whatever that means. But going into a therapist that's going to use modalities that you don't know what they use will bring in other religions is not something that's what you need a rav to say yes or no or very likely not. I have been involved in a very, very serious case where a woman had to have, there's a special type, I don't want to go into treatment, but ETC, it's, it's basically you shock the head, the mind to get things going, and it works. But that was the only thing that worked. Then the person was going to a hypnosis where the person was bringing in tumors and things like that. I'm not going into that. And the Gedolim, I would say the biggest Litvisher of in America contacted me to understand the details of how that works before he passed me to Shiloh. The only thing that worked was that one therapist that did hypnosis. But there were lots of halacha questionable things, and it's a dina nefashis because the most extreme and the therapy modalities that work only worked short term. Now you got to figure out what to do. But you need a rav. So if I would tell you that people don't believe in in rabbanim, not on the negative way. Um, I will say they've like, never met rabbanim. I love anyone that doesn't huh? believe in rabbanim. Please meet my rabbanim. The chassidish. I can tell you in satma rabbanim that I believe usually. I can go into bells that I believe in usually. Yes. I can yes, go to no, lots of, I am believing too. I am a huge believer. Whoever a doesn't believe in the rav has a disorder. Means their family yes, isn't yes. trusting. They okay, don't want to listen. They are controllers. That's what I wanted you to say. That's what I wanted you yes. to say. That if the, somebody in doesn't every believe, are the rabbanim an unbelievable rabbanim, and a rav is makrev themselves for tyrant to help out. And then when they get a little bit of cover, everyone goes, oh, they did it for the cover of Rabbi Do you know the mess that they get? The pain that they get? So it's like people want to run and go away from their problem. So they sure, and the easiest is to I... blame the Rav. And my first question to them is, when you don't trust the Rav, did your parents ever trust anyone besides for themselves? No, that's the whole that's story. It. So, so why, we blame why, the Rav for really our not... issues. The Rabbanim what did King Laman do if not his, um, his father and not his Shavir have anything to do with, uh, with the Rav? What should he do now? Exactly. So, and now is, so if, this, if this program is creating an awareness that they should start getting a Rav, this is normal. Get a Rav. Get. I feel that therapy awareness is very well into... Great, so now let's create the next awareness. In order to be be healthy in your mental abilities, you need to have someone connected to. If we are Shemer Shabbos, Shemer Torah Mitzvahs, we need to have a spiritual Rachnius Digger of. So like fertility and Jabonim are going together. Why can't it be like um, relief getting therapists and Jabonim together? Um, because relief is so overwhelmed just doing therapy, that's Uh hard to do both. Let's, let's, Let's let other people step up to the plate. All we need is one person to stand up. I am just standing up, not for making changes. The whole point of these phone lines is awareness about problems. Yes. We had before this okay. mother calling up about her 11-year-old son. If not for this program, she got the awareness to identify it now. Great. That's the point. 
there's only so much I can do. Okay, Let's so I, share. Did I confuse anything more, or I, did I bring I think I think if you wanted to bring out, A, that Rabbanim are needed, B, that we need to have a connection with them, C, to understand why a Rav would want to see you, that is all important. Yes, that's great, and let's make it work. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, and oh, I highly okay. appreciate that. We are going to Miriam online, too. Miriam, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello, Miriam? All right, we'll put you back on hold. We're going to go to Menachem on line one. Menachem, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, Mordechai. Thank you for your program. Ah, my pleasure. I wanted to stand up for us people who suffer from anxiety. I think it's very unfair to bash us that we don't have them in the token. Thank you. Go ahead, defend it. If you, let's say, do you suffer from anxiety, or did you suffer from yes. anxiety? Yes, yes. Would and you? I think that it's, uh, on top of all this pain that we suffer, we should be named that we have no amen in the token. This is terrible. Yes. Can you maybe explain to people, it sounds like you're Shemr Shabbos. Do you believe in Hashem? Very much. And I think it's simply with everything in life, there is amen in the token comes in everywhere. And along with that, should go with shtatlis in anything that you do, whether it's um, health, whether it's panasa, whether it's shidduchan, whether it's raising kids, you're supposed to do a shtatlis. Yes. And in this uh, mental, uh, in this mental place where you have a disorder, this is the shtatlis. Yes. How can you clarify, because you sound to me to be an intelligent person, how can you explain to a person that anxiety is just fears and you believe in the Rabbi Nishleilam? So let me ask you, if Chas v'shalom, you had a choice, not you, if a person had a choice um, uh, to be over Chas v'shalom on the Gimel Averis, would a doubt, would a person of anxiety have a second doubt on what they will do? I don't think we should even go there because the more we go there, the more we confuse it. There's no connection. There's no connection at all. I mean, we see Goyam who have no men of the Tochan don't have anxiety. Very well said. <laughs> we see people who have anxiety take medication and all of a sudden they're good. They haven't had no share in the token. Thank you. We see a lot of people who know the entire Chorus of Uvas and they have a lot of anxiety. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I've, I must tell you, I just learned from you. That I will, Blee Nether, use these examples, plugging it into my brain now. And Merit Hashem, I'll use it. I like that. People have no Betochen, no Munam Betochen at all. And they have no anxiety. And I like the second point. People that have a munam betachin, but they have anxiety, they take medication, and all of a sudden it helps. If it's a munam betachin, medication wouldn't help. If it was a munam betachin issue, medication wouldn't help. And I'd like to ask you, from all your clients who have anxiety and you know, who help to the therapy, have you seen one of them going off uh, the death because of therapy? So, like they lost, they lost their men in the token. Wait, wait, are we going to another question or? No, 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 no. If people say that therapy takes away the place of a men in the token, oh, absolutely not. I don't even discuss the Absolutely completely. not. I purposely am very with a very strong focus. Do not take any amun and betachen concepts or theories. Even though I learned the, the svarim, I don't put it in. As people know my shirim, if you listen to, I am. I am, as I say, first a yid, and then I do all the other jobs in my shir. And when I was told, you don't have to put some what makayrus, some don't, I say, this is me. I am a Yiddish person. I put a makayrus in what I do. I put Yiddishkeit in what I do. However, in therapy, I very strongly work not to because I treat it as a, 
like a physical disorder, there's a mental disorder, which is just processes, and a mental disorder is the person is mental. What I mean is there are certain thought patterns, 10 or 15 negative thought patterns that need to be changed, the thought patterns, and then it clears itself up, and they almost never have to do with the Rabbi Nishleilam. As you said, taking a medication can help because it's not about the Rabbi Nishleilam. It's about doing the Hishtadlis. It's, it's not about that's not the Rabbi Nishleilam. It's not about their Emunah Betachan of the Rabbi Nishleilam. It's about a disorder. It's like a broken leg is not about that if you believe something, the foot would get healed. It's about, of course, the Rabbi Shalom did it, but now do you have the tools how to heal a broken leg? And just to illustrate a point, you see people who have no anxiety. If somebody would put a gun to their head, they would be afraid. Yes. Where is there an token? That's right. And by the way, there's nothing wrong about it. Yes. Now, people who have anxiety, minor things to their brain is like somebody would put a gun to their head. Yes. And just saying that they have no amen of the token is bashing them. Exactly. I so appreciate it because I would even like to make it stronger, completely, I mean, on a, on a level. Just as someone's got a broken leg, they cannot walk, someone that has anxiety, and the stronger the anxiety is there, the more deeper the fear of their whole life can be held back. A broken leg might just hold you back from walking, but you can do everything else. Anxiety can hold you back in every area of your life. Now, when so I basically, if a, person, if a person has anxiety, let's say they have fears, simple things that you, the regular people who don't suffer from anxiety just walk by, to them it's like somebody would point a gun to their head. Yes. So would you say that when somebody sees a gun to their head and they're afraid that they have no one in the token? So here's the only one place we're getting into there, because I know in a lot of the Chassidish stories, especially in Lubavitch, where they have a famous story that someone, I don't remember exactly what his name was, but he was a spy by Napoleon, and he said, you're the spy, and like right away Napoleon put his hand on his heart, and he wasn't, like, it wasn't shaking, it wasn't beating from fear, so he said, okay, it's... Oh, sorry, there's Bowen everywhere, we know... That's right, that's right, so here we got into it, all right, so I'm just trying not to do... That's right. So, that doesn't mean that if somebody has a broken leg, doesn't have a man in the token because of exactly. the chance could eat it without a doctor. Exactly. So what I want to say is let's not... I like the way you've said it, that there are people with huge with and even Rabbanim, and whoever it should be, it has nothing. There's a way of thinking, of process, that simple medication can help. And they are I good. want to validate what you said about the Rabbanim, because I went to her before I started therapy. And this role is, I would say, one of the leading Garabonim in New York. That I would say most, uh, 80% of his childless come from other Garabonim, not from usual people. Yes. He has about more than 20 Garabonim who report to him on a regular basis, the childless. And I, I have a great connection with him. And he stayed in contact with me for a good two months with Shiram and stuff like that. And then he told me that you're mechuyev to do his shatlis. And he told me, I know, I know there are people who can heal anxiety in the Teva, and you have to do that. Yeah. And he didn't tell you learn chayvus alvavus? No, he started out with that. Yes. He did. And after a while, being in contact, he told me, I'm telling you, this is not what you should do now. You should go. He told me, he didn't know exactly what, but he said, I, he said, I know there are people out there specializing in this, and I want you to go out and look for that. And he yes. asked me for feedback after yes. a while. 
Yes. Now that is a competent Rav, means the Rav first starts, that's his job. Is it a Rachnius issue? We look into that. Once you've identified it's not Rachnius and it is a broken leg, the brain is not thinking or there are certain stuckness for whatever it should be, past pains, whatever trauma might be in there, might be affecting, whatever fears, whatever it should be, if it's not cleared out in the right system, it will be there and it will grow and that has nothing to do with Emunah Batachan and that's when the author is sending to therapy. Now I deal with Rabbanam all day. I've never don't heard... ask Rabbanam, I'll tell you even more, he asked me after a while how things are going and how the practice is, and he said, I'd like to know to who you're going to because people ask me and I need to know where to send. Yes. That's right. So thank you. So let's even bring out this, this point even clearer. I work with Rabbanim daily, at least weekly, I can say. I speak at least to one or two Rabbanim a week. All of them refer to me after it's clear that it's not a Munim Batachan question. So thank you for the awareness. And let's make it very clear. Anxiety and a Munim Batachan can be similar, but once it's identified that it's not, it is completely nothing to do with a Munim and Batachan Shiloh or with a Rachnia Shiloh. It is a Issue that needs to be dressed with on a psychological, therapeutic mahalach. People see an OCD, nobody confuses OCD with Betochen. Oh, they do, by the way. I know people, I knew people that do confuse that. They say if you have the one with Betochen, you just... I think they confuse more anxiety with Betochen than OCD. Thank you. So OCD, when when somebody washes a fork three times, nobody thinks that he doesn't have Betochen. But when somebody has fears... Yes. That's where they confuse it. But on a, on a medical, on a clinical level, yes. if you make an MRI, you'll see the brains look almost the same. Yes. Up. Yes. Yes. You can see on an MRI, it's called an fMRI, you can see on the brains the part where anxiety gets affected. You can see a healthy brain that can function regularly, and you can see the difference on an, on an MRI for where there's anxiety, and you can also see the same on an OCD. You can see it on the brain, which parts of the brain they can see it today, which part of the brain isn't functioning, and that's how they're getting more and more improved with the medication. Which parts of the, which medication should attack, should which part of the brain, not attack, but should stimulate that part of the brain and get things going. And so with, basically on a technical level, you see the brain is different, just like a broken leg. Yes, you can see it on a technical level with fMRIs, but it's all new. This is like the last five years that it's getting clearer and clearer. Yes, and I wonder where it would be 20 years from now. Oh, Monica, with you, will be far. <laughs> Thank you, and the Rabbi Shalom should give me the years and uh, the strength. Shkoyach, everyone. Thank you. Let's Love go it. again to Miriam. Let's see if you're on, Miriam, on line two. Hello, we'll go... I, hello, I yes. was just on mute, and I didn't. I ah, didn't no problem. Mute. Back to you. Okay, so he basically told whatever I wanted to tell you. I want to comment on that a minute, but basically he said whatever I wanted to say. So just say it in short, and we'll say thank you, Miriam. <laughs> okay, so it's basically that, that a minute is like, it's such a mistake, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be confusing, it shouldn't be confused. Um, and we need to have like, a, it's a, it's, you need to have a better eye to see the difference. And yes. That's where the awareness comes in, that... Every person should see the difference about anxiety and the minavitachim. There's two different things. And the minavitachim is not a thing that we have to work on somebody else. Everybody should work on themselves, and that's all. Like, you can't tell a person to work on a minavitachim. That's nothing. A minavitachim is for everybody, for themselves. Okay. Miriam, 
thank you very, very much for that. I appreciate it. We are going to Razy. Razy on line five. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hello, Razy. If you're on mute, you can unmute it. Hello? Razy? All right, we'll put you back on hold, and we are going to go to line three to Dina. Dina, you're on the air with Mordechai. Yes, hi, I'm back from last week. Okay. It's Dina about my friend that, uh, I guess you say she's... Uh, oh, yes, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. That was, uh, yes, complicated. Yeah. Complicated, yeah, right. And I was thinking all week, like, how I'm going to phrase the question. Yes. <laughs> or unless I don't phrase it, unless you know the picture. You, I you got get the, the whole picture, picture like, but the listeners got to get in. Since we're not here about therapy, since we're about awareness, right. I would like to illustrate the question as to how complicated the question is and how many different players are involved. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've got to first undo the knot. We need to realize what's going on in the knot. To unravel the knot, we got to identify what's in the knot. Okay. So, so my question is, just, am I, should I go back to this relationship or not? Well, let's start. What is the okay. relationship? Let's the give the history. The relationship is, maybe it's, you're going to say, it's a problem um, relationship. But it works this way. She is, like I said, she's a... Uh, Okay, Pretend no. I don't know you. Hi, Dina, yeah. you're on the air with Mordechai. What's your question? Okay, I have a relationship with, I had had a relationship with, a, a little sticky relationship with, she's about Shiva, and she also is in marriage, and her husband is very controlling and manipulating, and we had some kind of, uh, got into a little fight. Of course, it was instigated from her husband, and we didn't talk for a couple of months. And now, recently, she start, She wants to reignite the relationship. Should I? Shouldn't I? Why did you stop the relationship? Because it's a little, it's a long story. And first Don't give me the story. Just tell me it was unhealthy, yeah. it was controlling, it was manipulating. No, it was you being no, the therapist. With me, it wasn't. But she was being manipulated with her, through her husband. Like, one thing is, her husband didn't like the relationship with me because most of her other friends are also friends with her husband. Yeah. And I wasn't. My husband's not his friend, and I'm not his friend at all. So we were just within ourselves, between ourselves friends. And she, she kept on telling me that her husband doesn't like the relationship because he doesn't know me. So I kept on saying, why do I have to know your husband to be your, your, to be your friend? Okay. So, so let's understand was, something. Your, let, let's just get the question. So the question is, your friend... Had has you and your friend had a relationship. Her husband mm-hmm. didn't like you for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. and therefore she wanted to break off the relationship. No, she didn't. He okay. wanted. He wanted she should break off. Okay, the and she then didn't. what happened? She liked the relationship okay. very Good. much. And then what happened? And then because of her husband, we did get into a fight. It wasn't a fight really. It was some kind of misunderstanding, and her husband blew it out of proportion. Yes. And he sort of controlled her to tell me this and tell me that and, and whatever. And of course, I went did ask went to ask Aruva Shalo how I should handle it, and they told me not only am I not wrong, but they actually owe me an apology. But okay. I said, you know what? Good. <laughs> It's okay, so, I'm not going to ask for no, an apology. It's okay, the relationship is over. 
I'm okay with it. And, you know, it's more the relationship was I was giving her things, like more because she was about Chief, I was helping her how to look at bigger things and yomtev sure. and how to dress and things. And she was really not repaying me in the certain, not Excellent. in kind ways, but more in so ways. So now of, we're clear. So let's be clear. So just yeah. again, take your question. So you were, this was more you giving her in the relationship, but you still enjoyed the relationship. She gave me in things in, 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 in more materialistic. She gave me gifts, and sometimes she gave me money. Excellent. So there was a balance. There was a, a, right. a balance. I think there, there was, was a balance, yeah. There was a balance. But her husband had an issue, and therefore, they got like a little disagreement, and you mm-hmm. felt that it's now time to end the relationship. Or both mm-hmm. of you mutually went separate ways. Now, she wants to come back to you, correct? I don't think she was ready to end the relationship. Her husband more or less Okay, good. So now let's yeah. go back to you. So what is your question? Should I reignite this relationship or should I keep it? Well, should I, not, I will never I say what her? to do. Let's look at both options. Okay. She is the one that wants to come back now. If you continue with her, yeah. if you choose to have the relationship, and her husband hasn't changed, and her marriage situation and this subject hasn't changed, right. what has happened in the past will happen in the future again. Correct. Now the question is, will she be strong enough or to say, I still want to stick with you, even though my husband will have the painful relationship. She might tell you, this will happen again, so when it will happen again, give us a three-week break where we won't talk, but then it's going to get better again. No, well, I'm not a yo-yo. I don't want to be a player. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just go okay. to what she says. And now you can make your choices. Do you want that to happen? Uh-huh. On the other hand, you might tell her, I really like having a relationship with you, but I can't be a yo-yo. And therefore, <laughs> since you and your husband hasn't worked this out yet, my emotions, I can't go into that. And therefore, we see, and if you don't, you will miss the relationship, which is like every relationship we will miss when we end it. You might think about it. You might see her, and you might sometimes feel a little bit bad. There might even be a little feelings of guilt. Maybe I should have. But that is part of having a healthy person. Being a healthy person is that at times you need to make evaluations when you continue a relationship, when you'll end a relationship. What is the best for you? What is best for your family? And sometimes even what's the best for that person? And once you see what's best for them, you need to always go right back to yourself. And what's the best for me? Is it healthy for me to do that? Mm-hmm. But is it healthy? It, 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 would it be healthy for me to do it in a way of confronting her? Well, I, well let's change the word confronting. I just... would be open and honest. Tell her, look, <laughs> I am comfortable having a relationship with you. My relationship with you was beneficial to me. I enjoyed helping. I enjoyed getting like we had a great friendship. However, I cannot go through the ups and downs of your marriage, which is coming, which gets involved in our issue. And many times she might say, I worked it out with my husband. He likes nine out of 10 of my friends. He's okay. This one friendship he doesn't like. She might be stronger. She might have discussed it. But if you can defend yourself, if you can be assertive, I need to take care of myself. I need to feel healthy. I can't be a yo-yo. I can't go through this pain again. Right. And so, once that's discussed, it makes things much easier. Hopefully, yeah. With siyata deshmaya. Yeah, it will. Okay. Thank you so much. I Thank you. It. Excellent. Hatzlacha. We are going to go to Razi on line five one more time. Razi, are you on? All right. So we are going to then leave Razi. We're going to Miriam. Miriam on line six. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hi. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure and honor. Okay. I have a comment first. I really appreciate everything you do. What I appreciate most is your definition of the inner work. I like that rather like I grew up and I always believed that uh, whatever happens to you, you're supposed to say, you know, this is not, you're not supposed to react this way, or like, where's your man of talking kind of thing, yes. it's, um, you know, and all that. 
From your programs, I learned that you look deep inside yourself, find your weakness, strengthen yourself. Next time the incident maybe happens, you know how to deal with it, or it doesn't affect you the same way, or maybe it doesn't happen at all because you know where to stop it and what to do. Yes. I appreciate it. In fact, let me even give you a little validation to that because there's a certain Dvatayra that I've seen across all boards, which means in the Chesidosh Svarim, in the Litvish Svarim, and in the Svardish Svarim, all about the same Psukim. When it says by the ten Nesionis, the Saras Nesionis, the Avram Avinu went through, at the last one after the Akedah, or Machlokes of the Akedah, there's one after of Sarah being Nifta is the last one, but whatever it is, when it says in the Pasuk, Atu Yudato, Kiyurale, Kimato, and Hashem tells Avram Avinu, now I know that you have Yerushamayim, all the Svarim bring down the same thing, that when the Rabbi Shalom gives us a Nesayan, he literally takes away all our tools that we have to manage, and if we can pull through, will make it. And what is that? That is that belief in the Rabbi Shalom, connection to the Rabbi Shalom. And when the Rabbi Shalom tests us, he knows our weak spots because he created us with that weak spot, and we got to grow. And therefore, what I'm telling you is when someone's got anxiety, sometimes it's recognizing this is not a Yerushalayim issue. This is a mental health issue where I need the tools and the skills. And I need to reteach my brain certain skills. And if I continue saying and I'm not dealing with it, it's denial and sometimes they get punished for that. We need to realize that the Svarim bring down that every tool and skill that Avraham Avinu had was taken away or wasn't working on him. The Akedah was against every belief that he believed, every that he had in the Rabbi Shalom, the Rabbi Shalom doesn't let murder, doesn't let a father kill, everything that you've got, when the Rabbi Shalom told him to do that, he did it in a way that questioned everything. And for someone to get better, we got to realize that when the Rav says go for therapy, I deal with this so many times I get calls. How do we get my brother? How do we get my sister? How do we get my son for therapy? They don't want to go. They see Amun and Batachan, even though the Rav says go for therapy. Unfortunately, many, many, many times we manipulate Yiddishkeit to our benefit and then we blame Heftainus on the Rabbi Nishleilam. I'm just saying we see that right and left. And right. I'm not talking only about anxiety. I'm talking about any other, you know, aspect that comes up, let's say, if something doesn't go your way, so to say, instead of feeling triggered, you just know, you find your weakness and you know how to, you know, prevent that beforehand. Exactly. Exactly. Then, then I have a question. You yes. might consider it parenting, but I'm trying my luck anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, my daughter's seven and a half. I want to know if there's a way to teach her to be more creative and use her imagination. For example, she has a paper doll set. She would take it in the morning, put it on a dress, put it back into the closet. At night when she goes, dresses for, into pajamas, she would do the same to the paper dolls, put it back into the closet. That's it. She doesn't play anymore with that. But she wanted a paper doll said badly. Or since she's like three... Hold on, let's take a step back. And what's wrong with what she does? Oh, I'm not sure if it's wrong. I'm just thinking. The other thing Wait, wait, hold on. Say, let's stop there. What's wrong? Okay. You're saying it as if it's a problem. What's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? Because... It's maybe not wrong, but I thought the paper, like I watched my neighbor, I know you're not supposed to compare, but let's say my neighbor came in one day and she showed her the paper dolls, and she wasn't like making a whole play. See, here is where the parenting comes in. It's exactly what you're saying. Well, you shouldn't do it. Since you are doing it, that's where you'll get the parenting class to help you out. Mm -hmm. You will bring up all these issues. You'll hear how normal it is. And the goal is that we want you to be able to do is to have your kid be based on her nature. Why should she be creative if she could be the greatest organizer? And let's say we had to call her about Rabbanim and your daughter will be able to organize 70 Rabbanim answering Shilas. 
She doesn't have to be creative. She might just be the greatest technical person and make one of the greatest changes in cholesterol. And mm-hmm. because you might break down her self-esteem and you're not good enough because you're not creative or because you're that way or someone does creativity better, but your daughter is the most amazing organizer. She's tachlis. She knows what has to get done. She wanted her doll set. She got it. She plays with it five minutes. That's enough for her and she's there. All right. No, 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 no. I don't want to. All right. All right. Don't stop there. No I want you to take a parenting class. You're missing skills now, how to mm-hmm. view your children, which means if you don't have the skills, hearing it doesn't change skills. Hearing right. it is not skills-based. This program is for information. I'm saying you need skills. I for understand. you to get the skills, take a parenting class because you're going to have seven more questions. And that's why I like sometimes when you have the parenting classes, I go for those 10 sessions because mm-hmm. you get to hear it again and again. You get to question. You get to talk to other women, and it sinks in. And then you guys get to talk to the, the one that does the parenting class. That's all important. Right. Yeah, so okay. it's skills-based. So, again, parenting class. I, I do, and one thing I do keep in front of my eyes is that once her children are not your second chance. Excellent. I, Very well said. Yeah. Very well said. Okay. Very so well said. I your, appreciate your input on that. Thank you. Thank Excellent. you. Have a good day. My pleasure. My good. We are going to go to Shlomo on line one. Shlomo, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, good afternoon, Mordechai. How are you doing today? You don't my pleasure. Baruch Hashem, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for taking my call. I just was thinking of something that yesterday came up. Basically, people tell me that I'm doing things perfectly and I don't do errors. And they don't realize that they will struggle in this aspect and they do have errors to start off with and then they work until they went along. Let's go again. People tell you that you're perfect and they don't realize that you do have errors? Right. They tell me you don't do any errors, you don't have to do tashlok, you don't have to do kaparas, etc. Yeah. And uh, basically, they don't realize that they will start off where they started working so slowly and they built on top of becoming double. Um, I'm very not clear. If we can do that again. What is, you want to make a comment? You want to make a question? I'm not sure what you're just saying. A, it's, uh, just a comment I am saying. That's what oh, so the comment is that you are perfect. People tell you that you're perfect. And they, you want them to realize in order to get to your level of perfection where you don't, need, where you don't do any avarice, you want to tell people that they should just build it up slowly to realize it happens slowly. Yeah, and also in general, the people think that I don't have to. They're coming in because I'm not My friend, can I be can I be a, a, a good friend of yours, even though I don't know you? Be real with you. You do Averis and go Tashloch. I, I, what do you mean? I, I do do Averis. I know I do Averis. I'm not saying all human. I'm not. I'm not human. I mean, I do make mistakes. No, no, Averis, mistakes and Averis. Let's let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, you go go Tashloch. And if you, believe, if you believe what they are saying, then we got to speak a little one-on-one and I'll help you identify. You're far from the balance. Let me tell you what I tell people all the time when people come into my office. If you have only mildness about yourself, very unhealthy. You're delusional. If you see only chasroinus, very unhealthy, you're going to lose self-esteem. You got to have balance. You got to say, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. These are my mitzvahs. These are my averis. I don't know anyone... And including, let's say, Moshe Rabbeinu, that he did not have to grow. And the minute, the moment was done that he had to grow, the Rabbi Shalem took him. Anyone on this world, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, he got to the highest Madrego at the end. But during the process, he had to grow. Rabbi Yisrael Belsky, which was my Rosh Hashiva, I remember hearing very clearly, showing in the parish, and I love the way he illustrated how Moshe Rabbeinu, he called him a rabbi in training, or I don't know if he used those terms, a gadol in training. How Moshe Rabbeinu first told the Rabbi Yisrael, he questioned him. And 
goes up and up until he got to the highest level where the Rabbanu Shalom tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Klai Yisrael is done in we are going to be, I'm going to destroy Klai Yisrael, Klai Yisrael is going to come from you and your kids. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, if that's the case, no, remove me and let Klai Yisrael go. And that's the ultimate level of a gadol. Uh-huh. Understand something. Moshe Rabbeinu had to go through that training. You you sound a little young to me to be at the 80 level, the 80 or, or Moshe Rabbeinu at 120 where he got to the moment where he's perfect. I, I uh, Sometimes just for the awareness. If you can't give me 10 chasroinus or 10 averis that you've done, then something is wrong there. Unless unless you're telling me you're from the greatest of Gedolim out there. But other than that... I, I speak to Rabbanim all the time, and many times, you know, it just comes out where I have a question about a halacha or a certain aver that I've done, what's the right tshuva for that, and they'll share with me because they, they, we have the safety and the comfortability that we can, they would share some of their shverikait or whatever it should be that they're working on, some kabbalas that they're taking upon themselves this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if people are telling you you're perfect, you don't have to go, uh, something doesn't make sense to me. But I am happy for you to feel that way. I'm glad that you've got that self-esteem. Now let's balance it a drop. Balance, the word balance, my friend. Moishi, balance. Balance, balance, balance. Balance, balance, balance. The secret of life is balance. Imagine someone thinks he's Superman and he can fly off the 20th floor. He's built up his confidence. How healthy is that? He will fly off. That's right. Coming. What happens if someone does not believe he's doing Averis because he's so good? He won't bother looking. He won't have the Yeras Hachet that oh, we're supposed to have. There's Avan Yira. Someone that's just full of Avan the Rabbi without the balance of Yira, unfortunately, it doesn't last. Yira without the balance of Av of the Rabbi doesn't last. The balance is what we're looking for. Now, again, all this is where, as a, if you would be my client, I'll tell you, I'm sorry, sir. First, speak to a Rav. Who's your Rav that you're close to? And let okay. this Rav give you this drasha. Okay. Yes. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you, Moshe. Let us go to Rivka. Rivka on line three. You're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, Mordechai. First of all, I want to thank you for your sense of humor. I appreciate it. It makes things uh, more positive for everybody. Okay. I have a question. Um, I'll start off with saying that my nature is to be pretty happy. Yes. Um, recently, I'm getting therapy for various issues, yes. and I find that, although this didn't trigger it, I find myself being a lot sadder than I was before. I'm wondering if I should let myself be sad, short, should I divert myself and just like... So if you could share the question again, you've started going for therapy, why? Different issues in my life. I would like you to, if you feel comfortable sharing them on air, good. If not... I'd like you to realize, so when you've had those different issues and you've started therapy, what has happened? I guess issues from my past came up. Ah, good. So let's understand what you're saying. So what you're saying is you had issues in your past and your survival mechanism was to bury it, correct? I guess, yes. Now, as you bury issues, as we all know, the subconscious doesn't let itself stay buried until we process it other problems start exploding that bother us, correct? Yes. Thank you. Now, let's use this as an opportunity to share with everyone the concept. As a therapist, when someone comes in, for an example, let's say my hand is hurting me, and I see there's a huge infection in the body, and the person didn't deal with it until they are not able to function regularly, 
then what happens is the issue isn't the hand that's hurting. The issue is I got to now heal the entire issue, the entire infection that's going on. The same as what's happening with you, let's say. You're going to a therapist for an issue, but the problem is not the issue. Those are symptoms of an original core problem. Now, in order to heal that, we've got to go into a lot of those feelings. And that is why sometimes when someone asks me, how long does it take to heal anxiety? I go, I have no idea. It depends on case per case issue. Depends how many generations, as I call the Yerusha energy, that you've got. Do you have a parent that's suffering? So let's assume you're 40. You have a parent that's 60. You're suffering with that, this anxiety for 40 years. Your parent has it for 60 years. So I go, now let's add on 60 and 40 is 100. And you have a grandmother of 85 that's still afraid of everything from the day she was born. So we're going to now add on 100 plus 80. There's 185 years of anxiety. That's how deep it's in your brain. And you want to heal that all in like five sessions. So I don't know until we get into it. So now let's okay. go to your point. So now when you've gone to the therapist, now you need to start healing the core issues. Yes, it makes sense for sadness to come up. And we need to learn to start processing the pain and how to deal with sadness. There are a lot of skills that were missed. But the only way to learn it is if we actually go through it. Then what is needed is anger might come up. And then we're going to learn how to process the anger. Then there's going to be many times where you swallowed feelings and you're going to start learning how to verbalize your emotions, if not while they're happening, first before they're happening. And then you're going to learn how to verbalize it while they're happening. Then you're going to start learning how to start balancing your needs and your family needs or past needs, which will, in essence, reflect your relationship today, how you will balance your todays. All these are skills, but again, the longer you have it buried, the more generations your family is keeping these emotions buried, the more sessions it will take just to master one of these issues. Even if it's not mine. Yes. Well, because let's rephrase like it. It is now kind of yours. Thing. You yarshed it. Yeah, hereditary kind of idea. So got if it. you were born and raised into that level, you've got now 185 years that we need to train. Now, I tell people if there's 8,723 hours in a year, if there's just one session of 45 minutes to heal an entire year of therapy, entire year of that pain, how many sessions do you need now if there's 185 years put together? So what I tell these people, if you're just going to go for a year and a half of therapy, but the rest of your life will be better, and a year and a half will only be 75 sessions, because you won't be able to go yom toivim time and other times, mm -hmm. your entire life can be changed, but give the process the need, give the process the time. So I had a great muscle I gave one of my clients yesterday, I actually smiled by that, when the person says, I want to have therapy done right away. I said, great, how long could you put all the ingredients together in a, in a chocolate cake? And she said, maybe 10 minutes. I said, great, now put it in the oven, turn it on to the oven, and pull it out after 10 minutes, what will happen? And she said, what do you mean? It needs about two hours to bake. I said, why? You put the ingredients in 10 minutes. The baking process is life's process. I could give you the information in 10 minutes. Say no, don't take it personal, move on. I could give it to you in less than that. But the actual process, the baking for it to marinate, for it to get into your brain, takes time. You turn on the flame too high, you're going to burn it. Too slow, it won't bake. You need the process. Uh huh. Make sense? Yeah, got it. So, in bottom line, I should just experience the sadness? Let um, it not just experience it. You're going to be going to therapy. You're going to be discussing the sadness with your therapist. You're going to be learning how to process. How do I process that? It might take four or five sessions of acknowledging, I'm not just sad. I'm sad because of something else. I might need to have time for myself. Give yourself time to mourn the pain that you've gone through. You might need to learn to start treating yourself. I'm sad and I can have a treat. It could be food. 
It could right. be a little I gift. Find, it could I, be I, taking time I do find that I have an issue with weight, and I do find that now it's like harder for me to control myself. That's right. That will happen. Yes, that is one of the side effects of therapy. That when you bury things, you believe you're in control while you're not. And therapy, you need to now relearn how to run your life, which means many times a lot of the old skills that you won't be using, you'll fall back. So another muscle to that that people give is when you learn how to type, people that type with two fingers, they're so fast all over. But when they need to learn how to type with all ten fingers, it will slow them down. But once they learn to master the ten fingers, they'll type 500 times quicker than two fingers. So yes, relearning a new skill and how to think healthy and how to process emotions on a healthy process will in the short run might look like you're slowing down, but in essence you're learning how to type with five fingers. Mm -hmm. Just let it be. Let it be. Let's go through the process. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling in and a fantastic question. So far I'd like to tell everyone we're having amazing questions tonight. Thank you. Line two. Is this Maishi or this is someone else? I'm not sure. Moshe. Moshe. Moshe, you're on the air with Mordechai. First of all, thank you for the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure and my honor. Yeah. Second of all, I have, you know what OCD is? I've heard of OCD in the past, yeah. You know what OCD is? Would you like to explain to the listeners what OCD is? You know OCD? what OCD is? Haha. <laughs> I just thought everybody's so depressed, you know? You need to lift people up to hell. Go ahead. Do it again. So tell me, what is OCD? No, I just, I, I, I just have Alzheimer's. That's why I keep on, you know, I just, I forgot that I told you. I I've heard this it. line. I've heard this great, there's like one of these jokes that they have. So someone sent on a voice recording by sort of also written up. And it goes like, you've reached the mental health helpline for this. If you think you're schizophrenic, press 1. And when it says 1, no, we're watching. If you're OCD, press 5 25 times. You know, if you're afraid, it was just very cute how they did it. I mean, if someone suffers, sometimes they can take it personal. But I could handle the joke, maybe because I don't suffer. But I enjoy a little sense of humor. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Have you're welcome, Aish. Thanks a lot. We're going to go to line three to Rivka. You're on the air with Mordechai. I'm sorry. We are going to go then to Razy. Razy on line one. Hello. Yes. It's Levy. Levy. I was going to say, you don't sound like a Razy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to give you some feedback. For two weeks ago, I asked a question about uh, three girls going in, used to go in one class, and I want to split them. Yes. So I, I had uh, to put in one class and one in another class. Yes. So, I'll tell you some feedback. I took only one of your ideas. You gave a few ideas what I should do. Yes. One was to, to tell them that uh, who is the stronger character could go in the in the by, by themselves. One was uh, I, whoever get, um, goes in separate, that person is uh, that girl is uh, um, will get something special. You have a few options, and I'll tell you how, what I did. And I just took one option, and I think it's very important to the listeners to to hear that even five year old choices that five year olds have made, correct? So what I did is like that. I told my girls that I want to have a meeting with them. 
Yes. So they wanted to know, I asked them, do you know what a meeting is? They go, no. So I told them, a meeting means that uh, we have something to discuss, and we need your full attention, and we would like to discuss it with you, and hear everybody's opinion, and then we'll get to a solution. And that means a meeting by, by big people, and now I want to do it with you for the first time. Yes. Are you excited? Are you excited for that? They all gave one answer at a time. Sure, yes. So I went to the dining room table. We don't use the dining room in the middle of the week, usually. Yes. I special went to the dining room table, and telling everybody to take a seat, and I would like to discuss something. I told them, I'm start, we're starting the new school year, and there will be a few changes in the school year. First of all, you're going up from this grade to that grade. Then there's going to be uh, some other changes what the school has for the new year, and I explained everything. And then I told them I have a very personal change which, which will affect you, and you need to, to put even more attention to what, uh, to what we're speaking about, and here is the main goal of our meeting. So I start to tell them, just one thing. I took one of your options and I, and I built, built it up. I asked them, who is the strongest over here from you three girls? So everybody said, um, there, there, was one, um, there was one, the end of the strongest said, I am the strongest. Then um, another guy um, said, uh, whatever, they all gave the cute answers. Um, and I go, I don't mean this kind of strong. Strong, you probably mean who, is the, the, who could fight the best, who could pick up something the best. Um, I don't mean that. Uh, what I mean is anything, um, anybody who could do something uh, inner strength, and I ask them, do you, I, I especially didn't explain it. Could you imagine what means inner strength? One of the girls uh, answered, inner strength means that you can do mitzvahs. So I go, she answered very good, because a mitzvah is many times hard to do. You want to do differently. It's hard to do, to do one thing. And you go and you do what Hashem wants, and you do the mitzvah, that's called inner strength. So now let's ask you, who has the most inner strength? Uh, then the answer was even much funnier. And I told them, I don't want, nobody should say the answer loud. I want everybody should, say, should give me the answer very, um, um, as a secret. I don't want nobody should. And, and the reason is that whoever could go, since we need to split the, um, two in one class, one in another class, the girl who could go in the one class by herself without having a sister in her class, she has the most inner strength. So they came, they made a line, and uh, the one who has the most inner strength goes, I, I want to go myself. Wow. The next one, go, the next one goes, um, I have the most inner strength, but I really think that uh, girl B, let's say, 
she has even more strength that I want to be the strong girl going at myself. The third girl, who was the most jealous, which I mentioned last uh, two yes. weeks ago, uh, and which she is and it's not strong at all, and she goes, I am the most inner strength of everybody. So I ask her, doesn't a girl uh, B have more strength than you? Uh, but I have, I have. So I then made up that what we are going to do is, and the girl who is the most jealous, she is going by herself. I, I didn't even, I, I knew the answer before making this whole meeting, but I wanted that they should feel... That they're um, choosing that it, the, and they're empowered. Yeah, Excellent. Right. So I had a big problem. I, I went right away to the girl. So I said, I have everybody's answer. And now let everybody sit down back to the place. And we're going to have to make a decision here because we have a few answers here. So I go, everybody said that they want to go themselves because they have the inner strength. But since um, this is this girl... Um, would even she wants to go by herself, but she would really enjoy being together with everyone. Is it everyone. comfortable if I ask you if we can get a little bit more to the point, um, like just to close it, to finish it? Because I feel you're at the okay. end and you're saying it, so instead of going the details... Okay, sure, sure, sure. with pleasure. Thank so you. Whatever, at the end, I made, and I said we have one who is masculine to go with the other one, so she is definitely going to go with the other one. The two who really want to go by themselves, I'm going to have to make it true. I'm going to choose it because she recently had stitches. So, so she is going to have, uh, the one who was more jealous, she had pink stitches. She is going to go by herself, but everybody is very empowered. And I didn't have to say anything so nobody uh, you're going to get this. And, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing. So here we had a problem where you had to put two sisters. Looks like they're triplets. So two sisters in one class, one separate. And how are you going to do it in a way that everyone should be happy and strong? And you, you really executed the process, the theory, and you've been creative on how you did it very, very well. Thank right. you for that and feedback. One, one, and it's so a another, great... another second. Yes. But, um, after that, they're going more than a week to school already. Yes. And everybody got stronger. And the one who was the most jealous and uh, not having, uh, being herself never, being jealous, I don't see any jealousy on her. Wow. And she is the most giving in to everybody. She is so happy being strong. And the other one who is really strong told me, Tati, I still want to go, go myself. Wow. Please change me. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, I'm sorry for taking so long. It's okay, I, I feel it was important. No, it was people. excellent, every single point. Thank you for that feedback, really. Shkaya. Bela, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, I'm Bela. Yes. Um, thanks for taking my call. I'm still enjoying your show, and I just want to say that I use my real name. I have no problem. Okay, wow. Um, That's very no, brave. I don't know. That's another I don't know. breakthrough. I, just, I, I think... You know, I, I don't know. I don't think there's any secrets here. I, I don't know. Um, I just want to say that the woman that called in about the the Rav and the Rabbanim, and yes. you mentioned her, that she should. Um, I just want to say that I do speak to Rabbanim. I'm probably from the same place that she is, sounds like. 
or a similar place. I do speak to them. I let I I get a lot of guidance, and I would like to help her out. I don't know if you still have her info, but I would like to get mine. So I don't have text, so I just figured out calling. So what I will do is I will put you on hold, and the technician Aaron over here is going to get your number. And I will see if we can track back through the caller, through the caller ID, who it was. Okay. So, or, or maybe she's listening. But how will she get your number? Oh, she could. If she if she's listening, she can call in again. Oh, okay. So if you're listening, you can call in again. If not, either way, Bela, we we probably will be able to track it down. Okay. All right. So I'll put you on hold, and we'll just get. Or to make things easier, text it to my phone line, like which I get the text or I get the emails. I don't really have text. I could call in. I, I don't know. Okay, I don't have text. Okay, then call in. How do we get you to call in without announcing my office number? You know, let's just put you on hold. I, I could get the number from the 298 where I call in. That's right. Yes, from the 298, exactly. From there, it gives you my office number, and you can call it up from there. Yeah, just leave a message with the secretary, and she'll she'll give you a number, and that's great to have that. Fantastic. Should I tell her what it's about, or should I just leave her my number? Um, tell her what it's about. Tell her it's someone just, oh. just calling in for me. Call up right now. When I get there, I'll have the message, and I'll be able to... Okay, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Yes, for us and ganz Yisrael. We are going to Yankee. Yankee, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. Hi, Mordechai. How are um, you doing? I'm fine. First of all, I want uh, just want to say that uh, I'm either speaking, so my English is not uh, the best English, so it could be funny or interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Hi. and it's okay. Fine. I just say uh, I had one today, one one time. My wife came home from school. She said she had a she's very exhausted from school, and I I thought it meant to insult it. So you yeah. Can, you can understand how it was. Um, I want to ask three questions. First question is I learn in Kailu, and um, I have a chavisa, very good chavisa, but. It's a little bit controlling type and let's say if I say Hiddish or something he could say oh very good like uh, I, I passed the test or um, if I say something and he doesn't want to listen he says aha I hear it but he didn't hear mm-hmm. and what else it could be um, Baby uncle, I got enough. Yes. What is your question? I, was, I got uh, enough information for me to make an assessment. Yeah, which, okay, very good. So my question is how to deal with it, and what should I tell him, or what should I tell for me? I like the last part that you said, because that's where I would go. Which means yes. there are people that have certain strengths, and some of their strengths are to be more assertive. <clears throat> they know how to verbalize what they want. Now, okay. there are people that are very sensitive or gentle, and mm-hmm. they are missing the tools how to be sensitive. Which means, in every relationship, either you will be the dominant, the stronger one, or you will be the submissive one, or the subservient, the one under. All relationships cannot be exactly equal. Impossible. There might be times you'll be the dominant, at times you'll be the subservient. And what we Mm -hmm. need to learn is balance. When to do what? It sounds to me like you are missing the skills on how to, even if someone's on top, how to protect yourself or how to be assertive with yourself. Depends on the film. Good. With this person, I have the problem. That's right. So now what I hear is Rabbi Shalom telling you, Rabbi Uncle, I believe in you. Now let's, you're alive to strengthen your muscles at all times you got to live and you got to grow. So go ahead, start learning now the tools how to deal with people when they do that, that you can 
I mean, I hear the tips in my mind. I could give you one or two of them, which is deep down you are waiting for his haskama. And when you don't Again, get it, well, it bothers you. Right, and exactly. For, and for you to get the strength to realize that when you say a chiddush, you're not asking. First, when you say a chiddush, you have to say, yes, I like it, or no, I don't like it that much, and then you discuss it with him. And even I do like it, um, I say it, I want, I want to say it to someone else. Good, so if he doesn't like it, then you find someone else. The concept, concept of confidence, uh, or I should say uh, self-esteem uh, is, I allow someone to disagree with me. So to that is, I should, I should like take another chavrisa, and he should be in the side, as the same no, my position for no, another person. No, no, no. Sometimes, when you have, you got to, no, we want to be able to manage with everyone. But if you, if 80% he agrees with you, or you get along well, the 20% when he doesn't, you, can, you have a choice to get a second opinion. I mean, someone can be a great therapist, but 20% he's not successful, and just because someone goes to that therapist, and they're not successful, means they have a right to go for another opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't have the confidence to go for a second opinion, because you aren't confident enough within yourself. Okay, so, so now, so I, I once made a conversation with him about it, and he told me very good, he wants to communicate, he wants to make sure everything is good, and he told me that he'll try his best to do, not to control. So wait, 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 hold on, we missed it. Why, what, what is he, he's doing nothing wrong here. He's doing nothing wrong. Nothing wrong, wrong. Just, it's I your... Just, I, let's say, but I just told him that I, I could become embarrassed of these kind of... Hold on, is that his issue or yours? Let's say it's mine, but I just... Hold on, so who, ne- wait, wait, wait. who needs to work on their embarrassment? Both. Oh, uh, okay. No, 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 no. We focus on him second. Who's first? Okay. I. Me. Sounds like you're focused. That's what I'm trying to illustrate over here. Building self-esteem and self-confidence starts with I. The world I is not another, going another, to change for you. What? And by others, uh, I, I don't do think I, the way you said when I heard those two, I assessed that, okay. in my opinion, you're the one that's missing a little bit. When he mm-hmm. goes, aha, and you care that he says, aha, who cares? Do you know how many times people come into my office or I deal with other therapists and they would question what I did? And I said, well, this was my clinical judgment. If you feel differently, I feel very comfortable for you to take over the case and then you discuss it. I allow therapists mm-hmm. to disagree with me. And if they still disagree and they question me, I go, I don't want to be questioned. I feel confident. I've gotten, I've run it by, and this is why. However, you take the case, and most of them go, no, 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 I don't want the case. That's how you could tell when someone is real confident or when they're breaking it. I'm asking that it could be another chat, but uh, I want want to discuss it. All right, so Rebianco, so the discussion that I would have with you is for you to tell the practice would go the other way around to focus on you. You might have another okay. conversation with Yechavrus and tell him, I am going to say everything, my advice, and I want you to disagree at all times. Uh-huh. And I should get comfortable being, and this is more exposure therapy, I should be comfortable with you disagreeing. Don't agree with me, no. As he's just saying, we are dumbing down America because there are certain people that aren't doing, can't do well at certain scores, so we're teaching less and teaching less and teaching less. No, let's raise the bar. Okay. Let's go to so now, so now we can't. Uh, I made a discussion. I made a conversation about it, right? So we can't uh, overdo it. Oh, why so not? There you go. Another belief. Why not? Could, yes, yes, yes. I could overdo it. But sure, you could. Wanna, you can I redo it easily. That's true. Sure, I called up Mordechai Weimarger's phone line, and he told me well, instead of waking you, should be gentler. We got to work on me getting stronger first. Exactly. Yeah. But now it, it happened a new thing. He started laughing on every. 
and every second hits what I said, what he said. He became very laughing on every movement, what happened between... Uh, My friend, and, is it possible yeah. that you're imagining everything? Which means you're touching into everything. When someone has a weak self-esteem, and then it starts many times developing to social phobias, which means we start reading into everyone. When you dive in a shul... That is not laughing, that it's not true that it's laughing. Let me ask, let's ascertain, let me ask some questions. When you go to Bismedrish, do you feel people look at you? Not at all. Do you dive in for the Ahmed? Yes. And I'm named that I'm a little bit confident of it, too. Okay, then let, but, let's... But I know that, it, but I know that I'm working on it, not, not, not that I have it. I don't understand. Could you, you, do you do daven for the Yamad or you don't daven for the Yamad? Yes, or is it yes, hard yes. for you and you need to push yourself? No, no, not at all. It's easy? Yes. Talking to you on the line is a little bit hard. Okay, well, that's huge. That's, that's major. That thousands of people know that. So I'll tell you what, Rabbi Uncle. In this case, my senses are telling me one thing. I'm hearing words of another. And when I've learned to trust myself, and when I, when I see over here, I'm not able to trust in the case, I'm not able to do it means I don't mm-hmm. have a device for you because I feel I'm missing bits of information. I understand. So I'm not saying I even pull back when I told you to tell you that you should try the exposure therapy because I'm not getting a real picture. And in my private practice, I'll tell you I'll need another session or two or more time. Something isn't adding up. I've got my senses. And usually to me, one plus one is two. And I'm hearing yes. one plus one is like 25. I feel uh-huh. I'm missing several components. And I don't think you're not doing anything correctly. It's just that... It's not a session where we'd spend 45 minutes and tell you I probably need another two more sessions to realize. So something is off. I'm not, I'm Will my you session for this? No, 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 no. I'm not going into that. No, I'm just saying I cannot offer advice. And, uh, so I can go to the second question? Let's go. Let's hear the second question. Um, I'll make it short because it's uh, my wife has anxiety before preparing to school. So I want to ask how she should if she could deal it away, and how I should deal with it if it comes. So comes again, up. I have a hard time giving you guidance because I feel I don't understand you. I'm not reading you. Based on what your you first mean? question and my response and what I hear, and then you're saying your confidence is there, but the way you're asking the question, to me, isn't adding up. It means I'm missing something. By this question too? Well, you want now guidance. How do you help someone from anxiety? That's what you're asking, and all in like no, third. This is this is the first. This is the first. Uh, uh, first one. The second thing. What, what should I do when it happens? Not well, a guide. What, so what, I can't guide I if I don't understand the person. I don't see the person's strengths or weaknesses. I'm not able to give guidance. So I shouldn't ask the third question too. I I won't be able to. The first question: She has anxiety. Depends how severe. Depends what's happening. We need her calling up the question. We, I need okay. to ask her questions to understand what that means. Anxiety is mm-hmm. that she's afraid of failure. Is anxiety is this competition? Is her anxiety that people are going to talk about? Is her anxiety that there are three kids that don't like her and parents are following? It all depends. Anxiety isn't just the word anxiety. Okay. So I need to speak to her and yet to guide you how to deal with her. If I don't have a read on you, I can't give guidance. Mm-hmm. My read that I have is not accurate based on your information. So I just can't do that. Uh-huh. Make sense? Yes, I have. Excellent. I, I would want. I, I would. I would try to explain myself. No, you don't need possible. to explain. You don't need to explain. No, let's move on. No, uh, if I don't get a read in the first three four minutes, it tells me I need forty five. No, mm-hmm. I, I. I already know my strengths and I know what I need. I. Ha- I would have mm-hmm. X amount of questions I'd ask, and that would be now a full forty five minute session just to understand what's happening, what's not happening. 
Okay. Excellent. Thank you, Rabbi Yankel, for the bravery for much. calling in. It's fantastic. And siyata deshmaya. We are going to Yechiel. Yechiel on line 5. You're on the air with Mordechai. Yeah, hello, Mordechai. Yes. Yeah, I'm calling to you before um, one month ago uh, from London. And Yiddish. You yeah. remember me? Yes, I do. Yeah, I can now speak also Yiddish. I feel very good because um, I can, uh, I not have any way to to speak with you on the radio on on Yiddish. I have a question. You understand me? Yes. I speak. I can speak now in Yiddish also. Yes, go in Yiddish. Let's do two minutes in Yiddish for those flavors. Yeah, let's hear Yiddish. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a nice therapist here. Yeah. Ja, jag är therapist och jag har gått och var stuck in the gang. Jag har gått sessions och jag stuck in the gang. Ja. Ja. In jag är nice therapist, nice therapist. Jag har gått och 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 jag har gått Let's clarify. So about three, four weeks ago, you called in, and I said your question is very severe, quite severe, and you need a top therapist, not someone that's a beginning therapist, and you're going to a therapist, and it wasn't successful. So you've just changed now to a therapist, to someone that might not even be licensed, and someone that works under a top, top therapist in Eretz role, and things are really going along better. He gave you some tools, and it's working out. So you're telling me that I always refer to top therapists, and here... You're being successful by someone that's not a top therapist. Is that what you're saying? Hey, hello? Yeah, is this what you're saying? Yeah, in the morning, I have a morning, I have a morning, I have a I of the of the of the of the mind of the of the subconscious yeah the subconscious therapist hold on hold on hold on so your second question is that since I discussed many times about the importance of the subconscious and you're afraid maybe this therapist or this therapist doesn't know the subconscious you won't get better you're going to have to be in Gullis and continue going and continue going. To this, my friend, let me give you both answers. I'll give it in English because I see you understand English. Yeah, this my wife uh, hears this. Good. So my suggestion is to you as follows. Number one, when I say a top therapist, I mean someone with experience that can identify and recognize when things are going well and not well. A. And B, all these fears that you have is part of your issue that you will work out, that once you work it out with him, your fear about, yes, doing subconscious, not doing subconscious, getting better, going to Gullis, this is part of your fears. And this therapist, if he will do a good job, will be able to Hashem help you. Yeah. That's it. That's it, yeah. And, and also... You can speak in Yiddish. 
in jedes Jahr. Er sagt, dass er Arbeit auf der Schiete auf der Weg von SFT. Was geht es nochmal? EFT. Nein, er sagt, Solution Focus Therapy. Oh, Solution Focus Therapy. Very good. That's very good. Was geht es nochmal? Yes, of course. Of course. Yes, it's a very, very good therapy model. I actually don't have training in it. I take a lot of different trainings. I don't have training in solution-focused therapy, but I've read about it, I've studied it, and um, there are courses to take specific in that. It's very good. Now, you got to make sure you see... Is it going to the subconscious also? Stop subconscious. I will let solution-focused therapy take care of that question. Your issue is your anxiety and your fears, and you're not trusting. That's part of the therapy. Your question, if you were my client, I wouldn't answer that. I would say that question is your, is your illness, and me reassuring you is not helping you. You need to learn to reassure yourself. That is, if you were my client, what I would say. And, and, uh, and, and uh, 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 also, in, in, uh, yeah, um, in the whole discussion, in the radio, in the sure, yeah. Eine Sache will ich sagen, als ein Mensch, der sagt, ein Muschel Perfection ist, oder hat er eine zweite schlechte Mitte, wo sie mies, als darf ich ja so in der Säule sein, ja, ist pushet, ist one plus one, also hat er gesagt, weil Menschen stehen im seinem Weg, ja? Ja. Wie scheint er zu sagen, als er hat eine Mine, als der Weitung, wo sie kämpfen, in der Saat, ist die Eibste geschickt, auf die Eibste geschickt, aber er hat sich allein umgebracht, die Sache. Er soll oben eine Mine, er soll oben eine Mine, also er darf nicht, stop, stop, you, you, stop, you, you controlling, you understand? Ja. So what you're saying is that if someone has an anxiety or certain stress and it comes from his control, Emunah Batachan isn't saying this is how it's supposed to stay or Emunah Batachan, I won't feel control. If you have Emunah Batachan, you will work on yourself and stop controlling. You can't say it shouldn't be thorny. Very good. Ashkoyah, continue. The Rabbi Nishlam should help you see out of the Shemaya with solution focused. Can you even when I will of the of the Shabbat? Yeah, we'll try. Balance. Yeah, because the spirit is good. Because we have another way. 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 We have not continuing the disorder by by letting you call. Uh, my wife told me what you said now. Good. I will not be able to feel the innerlichkeit, the innerlichkeit, the innerlichkeit, or the first time I can when you have a shale, and I will not be able to be able to be able to be able that's right. So, fragt dann Therapist, ob sie es gesinnt, weil ob nicht, dann muss darf man tauschen, dann muss es es nicht gesinnt, dass es ausriefen. Ich will dann Therapist und machen der Decision. Right, right, thank you. Very good, Rabbi Yechiel. Thank you for that caller. We are going to go to Yehuda on line one. Yehuda, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi, or you? I called before. You told me I should call back again. Sure. Let's go for the second question. We've got other people, but yes, go ahead. I really wanted to go for this question. And go I ahead. Thank you for calling back. I appreciate it. And but, um, thank you for accepting it also. 
Some people might have been hurt or something along those lines, so thank you. But uh, really, I sent you a text this past week, and I told you I might call in. Remind me, um, I've actually, I think this week we've got more texts than ever before from all weeks. Um, yeah, I, I thought if the phones wouldn't be ringing in, I thought I might answer or just read about, I've got 30 of them over here in the office, right in front of me. And Baruch Hashem, we so, didn't get so just remind me. Well, I first sent you a text, I was thanking you for explaining what anxiety is that, like, the, the subconscious needs to control. Yes, yes. Oh, I remember right. that now very well, yes. And I was telling you that, like, I... I went to therapy, and now I like I'm really seeing it. Like I'm just like putting everything into place. Yes, like I remember when you said that. Yes, thank you. I I want you to know, and thank also that I think it was Sarah. I don't remember her name that called up that way when I gave her that 20 minutes two weeks ago, and then last week the continuing of the topic. So many people have been telling me that they've got help, and they feel like they've almost gotten four or five sessions of those in therapy. So I feel like I got four or five sessions just from listening to that program. So thank you for verbalizing what so many people have sent me messages. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So then, I, the next day, I sent you a question. Is like, the, is that need to control? Is that coming from a fact that a person feels that he doesn't have control over his things, which Hashem really gives him? You know what? You really do have choices on. Let's yes. say like someone's going to control you. Yes. Someone's going to manipulate you to do something. So the more you're going to feel that yes. I can't stop it, the more you're going to try to control things which are beyond your control. Yes. 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 Yes, my friend. Is that and a true speculation? That is more than a speculation. That is actually the therapy model that I use, which means I help these people that feel so powerless or try to be powerful. I help them identify where they're the real powerless or where they're not in control and why they're fighting. So, so many people times in therapy, we call it, in the cognitive behavioral therapy, they call it displacement, which is if a guy is being bullied or being forced at work and he's got stress and anxiety, but he can't give it back to the boss because he's afraid, what will happen is they will displace it and then send the anger to wife and kids. Part of therapy, that when I deal with the anxiety people, we have them identify what are the real fears. How are you really not in control that you, of your life where you'd like to be? And most of the time we go back in time to childhood as well. So we deal with present time, we deal with childhood, and then we deal with the future, how the brain many times feels not safe in the future as well. Right. Yeah, but then the brain could feel much safer even in the future when it realizes that what it, when it realizes what it has control and what it doesn't that's have control. Right. And that's right. And that's why saying no <clears throat> is so important. Saying no is the ability to let go. So sometimes we need to have control over our power, over ourselves, and sometimes we really need to let go. The two is what, the both is what we need to feel. Letting go is saying I'm human and I cannot help everyone. Letting go is saying I'm human and I need to sleep now eight hours at night. Letting go is sometimes saying, I really would like to help, but I can't. Letting go is sometimes saying, I will not make a seum. And the concept where I have in the chapter of the book, where we're at Hashem, this is a major focus, is where we have the famous Gemara. I forgot now which Tana it was, but where it says, When it says in the Pesach, I think it's Rabbi Shmuel, and he darshaned every S. S, when it says S means and, he was able to add on what the end is. But when it says, that you should be afraid, you should watch from, you know, be afraid of the Rabbi with Yira, it says, who could you put on the level of the Rabbi So the Gemara finishes off that Rabbi Kiva came and Rabbi Kiva said, S is However, what I bring from there is even if someone, every single S in the Torah, he's got an, so far a 100% success rate on darshning every S. But if there's one he doesn't know to be able to say this, I don't know and it's okay. 
I don't mention this Dvat Torah to my clients. I don't bring in Torah. I try not to. If they won't, then we can have a separate schmooze or whatever it is, or which Rabbanim, or which concepts, or which things. But 99%, I do not share Dvat Torahs because I don't want to turn it into that. I'm concerned. I watch very much that I should not be viewed as the Rav as the rough concept. If they ask me, is there a Makar to that? I, I can share a Makar too, but I very much, but this is some of the Makars that I would use for that. This is just one of them. <laughs> Being in control means we need to be able to work and harav, on, on this pshat, Adam lo'omol yolad, we gotta work. At the same time, when we don't have it, you gotta also be able to let go. It comes to an extreme. That's, when it That's right. When we never. always have to be in control, never in control, the, those extremes are not healthy. Okay. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Thank you yeah. very, very much, Yehuda. We are going to Sarah. Sarah, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Can, I'd like honor. to ask a question in place of somebody else because they can't call. Okay. Let's just um, recognize what that means. So first, I'd like to give you the, the acknowledgement how brave you are to call in. Um, I don't find it scary. So, Good. Uh, so it's not acknowledge personal. that. Acknowledge that okay. is a strength. Let, let's even spend a moment on this. I've got clients coming in with their problems. And when we want to start illustrating their strengths, they go, but it's just normal. It's just natural. Everyone does that. No. If you cannot acknowledge that what you do, it might be normal. It might be many people do that. It's still a strength. You okay. look at this and recognize and appreciate yourself. People are afraid to call in. And I respect them and I understand that. However, you're able to call and take credit for that. Great. Okay. I guess if it's not my problem, it's not as scary, right? Very true as well, yes. Okay. Now, if, if there is a marriage of 20-plus years, I'm looking to, she's looking to know what's her first step, whereas a spouse is good, kind, and the like, but emotionally has a blockage, to person, um, communication skills. It seems like there's a blockage. If, for instance, I'm the wife and my husband says to me, the kitchen is filthy, the breakfast was burnt, and the, my socks were unfolded. Have a great day. I'll see you later. The concept of that being inappropriate still hasn't gotten the concept. After 20-plus years of marriage, what would be the first step in fixing this type of scenario? The Your wife going for help? Wife. Wife going for help. Right. And then if the husband doesn't see that no, there's a problem... No, we're already, we're already stuck. We're, we have already oh, lost okay. it. Let's clarify. Okay. What happens is I'd like to read you a question, the first question on the Lakewood Scoop, which we haven't read and I'd like to read it. And just tell me, you'll see this is a lot more extreme, but how similar... Shira says, I, like, I really like the awareness that your program concentrates on. Just a quick comment on last week's message to a woman not to tolerate her husband, not treating them right. Easier said than done. Husband can get very, can get very tough when you oppose them. They can use everything in their arsenal to keep their wives under control, whether it's money, embarrassing, yelling, yelling at the kids. Most are too smart to use physical abuse, but they'll use every method except that because it's all over for them. Of course it would be nice for boys if they had Musa programs, etc. We're not going to continue that. Do you understand that this person is asking a similar question, just yours is to a lot more extreme? Which yes. is, if the husband has an issue understanding, how, yeah. what can the wife do? And here's where the word codependence comes in again. 
I work on people all the time that are codependent, and when they are changing, it forces the husbands to go for therapy because the old trick doesn't work. And I got the same with men when they've got wives that are, that are abusive, emotionally abusive. Just classical example, the wife has all the kids yelling and screaming, and then they call him up at work, what do I do? And then he's busy a half hour at work trying to clean up her mess. Once he goes for therapy, and he's clear within himself, I don't want to share what I did, because it's not important, it's not for everyone. It's each session is on an individual level. However, once the wife is stronger, the husband cannot continue. And I can tell you the phone calls have stopped. Once okay, if it's not in an abusive form, meaning it's, not abusive. it's genuine she does, not it's understanding. Not abusive. Is this such a thing? Of course, but it's a relationship issue where she is too weak and she's missing the skills and the strength how to get her point across. That is her issue. Okay, so meaning her own skills and how explaining it might not be good enough, and or she needs to learn a different she's been do- way. Or she's been doing the same skill for 20 years that hasn't worked, right. so why continue? Okay. That's okay. where it takes a competent therapist. That's, again, why I will not say a beginner therapist. Okay. A competent therapist, because for 20 years you need someone that will help her identify how she's doing the same things over and over. So as I think we used this quote I said last week, if you don't change the direction in what you're going, you might end up in the direction where you're heading. If she's going to repeat herself over mm-hmm. and over the same solutions, if she doesn't change direction, she might actually head up, he- end up where she's heading. Okay, and what's if there were some small changes made? Very, very small, though. They're not Well, then you will see that she has done small changes. Mm-hmm. It's dependent on her. Not everything, but at least his relationship with her is dependent on her on a tremendous scale. Okay, I, I, I'm not in any way any professional, but I, I did think to tell her that she needs to see somebody first. That's right. She needs someone to help her identify the dance that she is doing. Okay, and when you say Unfortunately, I remember Shalom Bias, I was not successful at the husband and the wife. Both were frustrated and focused on the other one. Mm-hmm. The way I work is each one has got to identify their weaknesses, and they need to change their weaknesses. If you can't find your weakness, it's hard mm-hmm. to help. I don't believe in, in changing the other person. I've never yet seen anyone change mm-hmm. the other person. I have seen people change themselves, and then mm-hmm. things have changed all the time. Okay, and when you say competent, what, what's the definition? Um, I've heard you say before a certain amount of years of something. I don't um, remember it what. It depends. I would say, let's say, three, four years experience. Okay. And I'd like to thank you for the caller. We got to go. We got 20 seconds left to go. Someone that you know has shalom bias, someone that you know has got 10 years experience, someone you know they're abundant sent to, let them just try it. Someone that you heard has worked out. Thank you all. And with Siyat HaDishmayim, Eretz Hashem, we'll be back next week. Have a ksiva v'chasim ha-toiva gitgebenshdiar. And we should be zaycha that Tfil's Mashiach should come even before this coming year. Thank you all and Hatzlacha.